The seven survivors carried the head inland. Bran went following on behind. When they saw it beginning to get dark, the men made camp, and Branwen kept on walking. She found a little river. It's called the Avon Alau, the River Melody, and she walked upstream until she came to a place where that little river made a sudden curve, a southward-facing horseshoe curve, and then it carried on. In the middle of that horseshoe curve, there's a low hill. And she sat on top of that hill. The only sound she could hear was the wind above her head and the river racing to the sea. And in that moment she remembered everything that had happened. She remembered her son in the flames of the fire. She remembered the people she loved best from two beautiful islands, all dead. She remembered the terror. She remembered the bloodshed and pain of battle. And she thought all this was her fault. And in that moment her heart broke. She lay down on that hill and she died. Hiraith, Hiraith, Kilia, Kilia. Haida fuiso mortrum arna, trofu ineb at a pared, acostir found her at dawn the next day and they buried her in a square grave in a place that is still known as Beth Branwen the grave of Branwen and then they lifted up the head and they walked southwards towards the Menai Straits on their way to Harlech and as they walked through Anglesey the head said strange things when we get to Harlech said the head there will be a feast the feast will go on for seven long years, and after the first feast there will be a second feast, and the second feast will go on in a beautiful hall, in a beautiful island, and in that hall there will be three doors. One of the doors is shut. As long as that door remains shut, none of us will remember our sorrow. Now, I don't know what kind of sense they made of these strange words, but soon enough they were over the Menai Straits and walking down towards Harlech. And when they arrived, they saw people they recognised and said, Friends, tell us, what's been happening while we've been away? And the people replied, Well, while you've been away fighting in Ireland, another man came to this island. His name was Kaswachlon Vabbeli, and he had a magic cloak. You couldn't see him. All you could see of him was his sword slashing and cutting through the air. All the people who were met to defend the island were killed. And now it is that man, Kaswachlon Vabbeli, who sits on the throne in London. That's what's been happening while you've been away. The seven men who had survived so much 
They sat on the clifftop in Harlech and they did not know what to do. Birdsong. Birdsong coming from far away, coming from far out to sea. They squinted towards the horizon and there could see birds, three birds, flying, making patterns in the sky. They weren't seabirds, though, some other kind of magical birds they'd never seen before. And although the birds did not get any closer, the sound of their singing did, slowly flowing with the sea until it surrounded them. This was the most beautiful music that they had ever heard. They listened to this exquisite music as it whirled around them. And then a very strange thing happened. It was as if that singing seeped inside them. And at that moment, they forgot their sorrow. They looked around them and they saw a table. And on the table there was food, on the table there was wine. They sat there, they drank to the head's health, and they ate, and they drank, and they laughed, and they sang. This feast went on for seven long years, and in those seven long years there was always enough food, and there was always enough wine. And as for the head, their head was as good company as it had ever been when it was on Bendigaidvran's shoulders. After seven years, the head said, And now it's the time for the greater feast. And they picked it up, and they carried the head southwards along the great curve of Cardigan Bay until they got to Pembrokeshire and there in a little bay not far from St David's they got in a boat and they sailed and they sailed and they sailed over the horizon and then when there was nothing but sea around them they saw a flat topped island they sailed towards it they took the head there were steps cut in the rock they clambered upwards taking the head until they got to the very top, and there, on the top of this island, there was a hall. They went to the great double doors, pushed, and they opened. They stepped inside. There was no one else here in this place, but they had been expected, because there was a fire blazing in the grate. There was wine in huge earthenware jugs on the tables. Food had just been cooked, and they sat, and they feasted, and they drank. This was the best wine any of them had ever tasted. The meat was cooked to perfection. They laughed, they sang, they rejoiced, and this feast went on for 80 years.
And in those 80 years, there was always enough food and there was always enough wine. And in those 80 years, the head was as good company as it had ever been when it was on Bendigaidvran's shoulders. But one day, one of those men, a man called Helen Vabgwinhien, he looked at that shut door and he said to himself, shame on me if I call myself a man and I don't see if it's true what they say about this door. He walked straight towards it and pushed it open. He saw the rough sea grass shimmering in the sea breeze. He saw the slate grey sea. He saw the great leaden lid of the sky and felt the sea breeze buffet his face. He turned, his sorrow growing inside him. He saw his companions. He saw that they remembered their sorrow too. They were pushing the food and the wine away and then they all turned to look at the head. Its eyes were slowly shutting. Its face was pale. The jaw slack. The lips turning blue. According to what the head had previously told them to do, they picked it up and carried it down to the waiting boat. They sailed across the sea to the coast of Pembrokeshire. They shouldered the head and started to walk eastwards. As it was getting dark, they entered a village and asked for somewhere to stay. They were welcomed. And in the firelight that night, they told the story of the head and where they'd carried it from and all their adventures. And so it was the next day and the day after that and the day after that. Until their eastward journey took them to the great wide river Severn. They walked along its bank until they got to Cairloyu, the shining fort. And there there was a crossing place over the River Severn and they continued their journey southwards and eastwards until they met an even greater river. And this river was flowing eastwards. And at one point in the middle of a city... This river made a great horseshoe-shaped loop and then carried on its way to the sea. And just on one side of this horseshoe-shaped loop, the seven men stopped on the northern bank of that river and started to dig. They dug and dug and dug. They dug until they dug a hole deep enough for their head. They buried the head almost as deep under the ground as it had once been above it when it was on Bendigaidvran's shoulders. Finally, the work was done. Seven men stand around a newly dug grave. They have just finished burying the head of the great king. And amongst the seven there is a king 
a master craftsman, a chief poet, and four warriors. And before they go their separate ways, they pause to remember. An amor apathor manig Sidan kidio pro meirianid Nachau no luk in waithar ni Kening halon Oh, 